church, we are nearing the end of our study on the letter of Galatians that Paul wrote to the churches throughout the region of Galatia. And as we get to the end, it almost seems as if Paul is going to contradict himself. In these last few statements that he's going to make, we have two more weeks left in this series, but in, in today's statement, he makes a statement that almost seems like he's contradicting everything that he's taught us so far. Now, if you recall throughout this letter, we've learned that you and I are justified by faith. That we are adopted into God's family, <clears throat> not because of our own righteousness, not because of anything that we have done, but simply because of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. We've learned that you and I as followers of Jesus are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. That there's nothing that you and I can do to earn salvation. That we are not acceptable to God based upon our own work. That would be what we call legalism. And that is why Paul wrote this letter. To combat against legalism because it is not the gospel. And yet, here in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, listen to what Paul says. And it sounds like he's almost contradicting himself. He says this, do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for whatever one sows, that he will also reap. Whatever you sow, that you will reap. It almost sounds like Paul saying, no, 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 listen, your performance does matter after all. What you do does matter. And Paul, is Paul in this moment, is he teaching some kind of Christian karma? Like the good that you put out in the world will eventually come back to you and the bad that you put out in the world will eventually come back to you. Is that what Paul is doing? Is he contradicting himself? No. What Paul is doing in this moment, he's simply reminding us of something that we all know to be true. He's reminding us of a principle that God has woven into the fabric of the universe. And it is the principle of sowing and reaping. We see this throughout our world, throughout the universe, don't we? We see it in agriculture. We see this principle come true. To produce a harvest, a farmer has to sow some seeds, doesn't he? If he doesn't throw seeds out, there's no way he's going to grow anything. And the kind of harvest is determined by the kind of seed. You throw bad seed out, you're going to reap a bad harvest. You throw good seed, you're going to have a good harvest. You sow plentiful, you're going to reap plentiful. You sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. See the same principle in our relationships, don't we? If you and I sow love, respect, care, honesty, and friendship, we can expect to reap intimate relationships. But if we sow anger, if we sow selfishness, if we sow impatience, if we, if we sow moodiness, then guess what? We're going to reap loneliness. We're going to reap avoidance. We're going to become those people that people see at Walmart and walk away. Why? Because we reap what we sow. You also see it in business, don't you? If you, if you own your business or if you work in a business, if you sow a great product and you treat your customers well, guess what? You can expect to reap a successful business. However... If you sow a subpar product, and if you mistreat your customers, 
you can sow or you will reap a closed business. And we see this also in our moral and spiritual lives. See, if you and I reap righteousness, if we reap character, if we reap, if we, sorry, if we sow character, if we sow integrity, then we can expect to reap holiness. But if we sow our wild oats, guess what? Eventually, it will catch up with us. It will overtake us. And this harvest, or this, this law that, that we see in, in sowing and reaping, is true in every single area of our lives. That whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. Now to help us understand this principle a little bit better, what I want to do is I want to talk about six laws. Six laws of sowing and reaping that, that you see throughout nature. But it also applies to every area of of our lives. So we're going to look at these six laws and then we're going to come back to this text in Galatians chapter 6 and we're going to see how Paul applies it. Because Paul is going to apply these six laws that we're going to talk about in three areas of the Christian life. And so let's talk about the laws first. Here's the laws of, of sowing and reaping. Whatever you sow, you will reap. You're going, well, duh. I mean, if you sow wheat, guess what you're going to reap? Wheat. If you, sow, if you plant watermelon, you can't expect grapes. If you sow tomatoes, you're disgusting because they're disgusting. I'm sorry. But you sow, whatever you sow, that is the thing you're going to reap. Second law is this. We reap after we sow. That's the hard part of harvesting, isn't it? It's the waiting. I hate the waiting. But we always reap after we sow. The produce comes after the planting. And this is the part that I hate. Because here's what I want to do. I want to skip dessert. I want to do a few curls, hit the bench press a little bit, and have my body ready for the beach, right? Anybody else with me? Like, I want to look in the mirror and say, man, perfection. <laughs> but it takes time to look this good. Yeah, a lot of work. A lot of desserts get you this place. <laughs> but that's what we do. We want, we want instant, immediate results. I want to pray and read my Bible and say, you know what? I'm, spiritually, I'm a spiritual giant now, right? What, but here's the reality. We reap after we sow. Sowing is all about the future. Third law is we reap more than we sow. We reap more than we sow. Can you imagine being a farmer and if one seed produced one crop or one fruit? That'd be awful, wouldn't it? Like you plant one seed of corn and you get one ear. It'd be bad. Sowing is about multiplication. We reap more than we sow. If you plant an acorn, you're going to grow an oak tree. And that oak tree will produce thousands of acorns. Because sowing is about multiplication. And here's the reality. Something small turns into something bigger. That's true in our lives. 
if you sow small sinful habits, guess what? Eventually, they have the potential to wreck your life. Something that starts small can eventually wreck our lives. And we've heard story after story after story of that being true, haven't we? I never imagined getting to this place. Why, it all started small, but that sowing eventually multiplied into something that no one expected. It's true in our sinful habits, but also true in our relationships. Think about it. If we sow into our relationships, into our marriages, into our children, guess what? We can expect to reap a deeper, more intimate relationship. It's true in our, in our, in our investing in, in God's kingdom. If we invest our time, our talents, our treasure into God's kingdom, we can expect to reap more than what we sow. It's also true in our spiritual lives. It's true in our righteousness. If you and I sow seeds of righteousness, we can expect to reap more than we sow. Fourth law is this. In order to reap, we must sow. In order to reap, we must sow. You can't expect fruit if you don't plant any seeds. You have to, you have to sow in order to reap. It's true relationally, isn't it? Think about your marriage for a moment. If you're not sowing into your marriage, how can you expect to reap a healthy marriage? If you're not sowing into your marriage with a date night, with time where you and your spouse just get alone, how can you expect to reap a healthy marriage? And yet people do it all the time. They wonder, why is my marriage unhealthy? Why don't we get along? Why don't you spend time together? Right? You cannot have a healthy marriage if you're not spending time together. You cannot reap if you do not sow. So listen, church, if you, if you are married and you do not have a date night, have a date night. Spend time with your spouse. And you're saying, well, we can't spend time with it. We, we don't have time. Make time. Make time. If you can't do it every week, do it twice a month. If you can't do it twice a month, do it once a month. Everybody has time to at least have one date once a month. Because you can't expect to reap a healthy marriage if we're not sowing into it. It's true spiritually as well, isn't it? Like sometimes we wonder, like, why am I not growing spiritually? When was the last time you prayed? When was the last time you opened God's Word and read it for yourself? If we want to reap spiritual growth, we have to sow into our spiritual lives. We have to read God's word. We have to pray. We have to spend time getting to know Jesus. We have to spend time walking with him. But here's the fifth law. We only harvest if we persevere. You only harvest if you persevere. To reap a good harvest, you can't give up. Could you imagine a farmer throwing out some seed, plopping open a lawn chair, sitting down, waiting about five minutes and say, well, no harvest this year. No, they have to wait. They have to water it. They have to nurture the seed. They have to pour into it. They, they can't just 
immediately have results. You have to persevere. That's why Paul's going to show us in just a minute not to give up when doing good. Don't get tired of doing good. It's not enough for us just to start well. We have to finish well. We have to persevere. And here's the sixth one. And this one's maybe the toughest law <coughs> that we'll talk about today. And it is this. You can't do anything about this year's harvest. But you can change next year's harvest. Can't do anything about this year's harvest, but you can change next year's harvest. What you're reaping today are the seeds that you sowed yesterday. And if you want different harvest in your life, you need to start sowing different seeds today. That's just a reality. We can't expect to produce a great harvest if we're not sowing good seed. Nothing you can do about what you're reaping now. The reality is that what you are reaping now is what you sowed yesterday. Even if you pray about it, even if you ask forgiveness for it, the bad harvest that you are reaping now is a result of the seed that you sowed in your life yesterday and years ago. And we can't change it, what we're reaping, but we can change the future harvest. And the only way to change the future harvest in our lives is to start sowing different seeds. Here's the way I love the way Andy Stanley talks about this. He explains it this way. He says, Paul says what we all know intuitively. Life is connected. Where you are today is a result of the decisions you made in the past. And where, where you will be tomorrow is connected to what you do today and what you did yesterday. There is a relationship between your current irresponsibility and what you can expect in the days and weeks and months to come. We must realize what Paul doesn't say here. He doesn't say people reap what they sow, unless they ask for forgiveness. It's not what Paul says. You see, forgiveness doesn't erase what you've sown. Remember that. Forgiveness doesn't erase what you've sown. In my years of being a pastor, this is probably the one that trips people up the most. So I have people come up to me and say, well, you know, pastor, I've been doing my best. I've been, I've been trying to honor my spouse. I've been trying to pour into my kids. I've been trying to work hard in my job. I've been doing my best. The problem is the past five years, you haven't been. The past five years, you've been sowing the wrong kind of seed, and now all you're doing is reaping what you've sown. And so the only way you're going to produce a different harvest is to keep sowing your best, but it's not going to come immediately. Listen, we can be forgiven, and we can ask for forgiveness, and our sins can be forgiven, but we can't unsin. We can't avoid the consequences of our decisions. And there's this huge distinction between the forgiveness of sin and the consequences of sin. We can be forgiven, but when God forgives us, and even when others forgive us, our actions still have consequences. Sowing and reaping. This is an absolute law of God. There's nothing you and I can do to modify it, to change it, or to overcome it. 
We need to understand that. This is an absolute law of God. You will reap what you sow. <clears throat> and in order to emphasize this principle, what Paul does is he gives a command and a statement in verse 7. Look what he says. Do not be deceived. That's the command. And then he makes a statement. God is not mocked. See, we get deceived in sowing and reaping when we think that we're not going to reap what we sow. When we think that, you know what, I can keep doing what I'm doing and I can receive a different harvest. I can keep sowing these same seeds and, and get and expect different results. That we're deceiving ourselves. And Paul says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. And what he's saying is, you may fool yourself. You may even fool others, but you will not, you cannot fool God. See, ultimately, everything that we reap, everything that we sow, we reap. And some of you are going, well, I've avoided it so far. Just wait. Seriously. It will eventually catch up with you. This is, this is a law in, that God has designed in nature, that you will always reap what you sow. You think you may be escaping it, but you can't. You keep sowing your seeds and think you've escaped the consequences. You won't. That's what Paul says. God is not mocked. His law will always come to fruition. Always. And then Paul, in this text, <coughs> applies this principle in three areas of our lives. He specifically points out three areas where sowing and reaping is evident in the Christian life. And so what I want to do is I want to talk about those three areas. And the first one is found in verse 6. Look what he says. And here, here he's talking about the local church. The first area is this community that you and I have called the local church. He says this is the first area where you see sowing and reaping. Look what he says. Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Now this seems odd, doesn't it, for Paul to include this here. Many believe that the reason Paul included this here was because the churches in Galatia had become so enamored by these false teachers that they stopped supporting the pastors in their churches. That they stopped listening to them. They, start, they stopped supporting them. And so Paul's point is this. <clears throat> that we need faithful and effective Bible teachers, and we also need faithful congregations to support them. And yes, to share all good things certainly means financial support. As the pastor shares spiritual, the spiritual gifts God has given him with the congregation, the congregation shares financial gifts that they've been given by God in order to support the pastor. Now, I know some of you are thinking, great, pastor's wanting to raise. No, because here's what I want you to understand, that it means more than that. And this is the important thing. Yes, there's a there's financial aspect of it, but here's, here's what, you have to understand this, or this just becomes about money. What Paul says is that there's a partnership together in ministry. Here's, here's this word, that word to share is a word, koinonio. Sounds familiar to a word that you may be familiar with, koinonia. So here's, here's what Paul, this is amazing. What Paul is saying is that the local church, this body of Christ, is a partnership. It is a fellowship. 
that we share with one another. What this tells us is that pastors are not hired teachers that are hired to do the work of ministry. No, what are pastors? We are called to equip the saints in partnership to do the work of ministry. That's Ephesians 4. But it also says that congregations are not passive consumers. It is a partnership where you and I work together in order to advance the gospel. That's what this partnership looks like. Where we work together, we walk hand in hand, we partner, we fellowship in order to advance God's kingdom in our lives and in the community around us. That's what Paul's talking about here. It is a partnership where we share the gifts that, gifts of, that God has given each and every one of us. And we work together in partnership to advance God's kingdom. That's what he's talking about here when he says that we share all things. All good things. So he applies this <clears throat> principle to the local church. That we partner with one another. What we sow into the local church, we reap out of the local church. See, this is, I think, is the biggest problem in our culture today with, when it comes to the church. Many people aren't sowing into the church. I'm talking about financial. I'm talking about just time. I'm talking about advancing the kingdom. I'm talking about this partnership. So many people don't invest in the local church. They don't sow into the local church. And they wonder why they're not reaping the benefits of the local church. Well, this church is not meeting my needs. You ever heard that? Guess what? It ain't about your needs. It ain't about my needs. It's about the advancement of the gospel in our community. That's why we are here. To partner together to advance the kingdom in Evans. So yeah, the church is not meeting your needs, but you have to ask yourself, am I sowing into the local church? Am I investing in it with my time, my talents, my treasure? Because here's the reality. Paul's telling us that if we're not sowing, we can't expect to be reaping. But if we are sowing, guess what? God is going to use you. He's going to use me. He's going to use this church to further his kingdom in our community. So the first area he talks about is the local church. The second area is our personal holiness. Look at verse 8. <clears throat> For the one who sows to his flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. Here Paul is talking about our personal holiness. And there is an aspect of sowing and reaping that is, that is alive and well in our personal holiness. And Paul gives us two places where we can sow and we can reap. We can sow to our flesh or we can sow to our spirit. And here's the reality, is that who we are and who we are becoming is the result of how we behave. Our character is determined by our conduct. Who you are right now is based on the decisions that you have made in the past. Your character, who you are, is based upon the conduct 
that you that you perform that you do. You you reap what you sow, and he says there's two places where you can reap and where you can sow. He says you can sow to the flesh. Remember, we've talked about this. The flesh is our sinful nature. It's the nature we're born with. And he also says you can sow to the spirit. That is the new spirit that Christ has given us at our rebirth. When we come to know Christ, we're giving, we're given his spirit to dwell within us. <clears throat> and so Paul says you can sow to the flesh or you can sow to the spirit. And if you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap the works of the flesh. And if you sow to the Spirit, you're going to reap the fruit of the Spirit. He's all going back, tying it back into Galatians 5. <coughs> if you remember Galatians 5, verse 19, for the works of the flesh, they're evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. That's quite a list. If you sow to the flesh, those are the things you can expect. To reap. Look what he says in verse 22 of chapter 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. I don't know about you, but I want to reap those things. And in order to reap those things, Paul says that we must sow to the Spirit. They're sowing and reaping in our spiritual lives. The old adage is true. Maybe many of you probably heard it. If you sow a thought, you reap an act. If you sow an act, you reap a habit. If you sow a habit, you reap a character. If you sow a character, you reap a destiny. Listen, the destiny of our lives is determined by whether or not we're sowing to the flesh or so into the spirit. That will determine where your life will end up. And so think about this. If holiness is the harvest, if we become more like Jesus, if holiness is the harvest, the seeds we sow are our thoughts and our deeds. What you think and what you do are the seeds that you're sowing. So whether or not we reap, we reap holiness, whether or not we grow spiritually is dependent upon where we sow our thoughts and our deeds. You tracking? Holiness is the harvest. The seed is our, th our thoughts and our deeds. And whether or not we grow spiritually is dependent upon where we sow our thoughts and our deeds. I love the way John Stott summarizes this. He says this. He says, every time we allow our mind to harbor a grudge, nurse a grievance, entertain an impure fantasy, wallow in self-pity, we are sowing to the flesh. Every time we linger in bad company, whose insidious influence we know we cannot resist. Every time we, we lie in bed when we ought to get up and pray, Every time we read pornographic literature, every time we take a risk that strains our self-control, we are sowing, sowing, sowing to the flesh. Pretty powerful words. And here's the reality. There are some Christians 
that's sowed in the flesh every single day. And they wonder, why am I not growing spiritually? Why am I not reaping holiness? Why don't I have any victory in my Christian life? Well, the reality is you are reaping exactly what you were sowing. The books we read, the people we choose to hang out with, the entertainment we choose to engage in are all ways that we are sowing. The thoughts that we allow to linger in our minds each and every day, they're all seeds that we're sowing. The question is, the question we have to ask ourselves is, are we sowing to the flesh or are we sowing to the Spirit? If you want to reap holiness, if you want to grow spiritually, you have to sow seeds of disciplined spiritual habits. <coughs> Excuse me. You have to. You have to sow seeds of private and public devotion. You have to sow seeds of daily prayer and scripture reading. If you want to grow spiritually, you have to sow habits of gathering to worship with God's people. It's, it's how we grow spiritually. All of that is sowing to the Spirit. And the reality is, if we sow to the Spirit, we will reap the fruit of the Spirit. We will reap spiritual growth. We will become more and more like Jesus. And we will have the reward of living a Spirit-controlled life. And there is no other path to holiness besides that. We can't short-circuit what we sow if we want to reap holiness. So Paul applies this text to the church. He applies this text to our personal holinesses. Let's look at the third one. He applies this text to our practical goodness. Look at verse 9. <clears throat> and let us not grow weary in doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those who are the household of faith. Paul, Paul closes out this section by showing that we sow and we reap in the good that we do in our community. The community around us and the community within the walls of this local church. Paul says that we sow and reap the good that we pour in. But here's the reality. It takes time. And I don't know about you, but loving your neighbor is hard. Anybody have a difficult time with that? Yeah, it's difficult. And that's why Paul says don't give up. Because the fruit of that labor is going to take time. It's going to take time. And the reality is that we may not even see the harvest. Paul to the church in Corinth said, Apollos would sometimes sow the seed. And Paul would reap the harvest. And, and vice versa. And see, sometimes the seed that you are sowing in the lives of the people around you, you won't even see the harvest. Somebody, somebody else will. And that's why Paul says, don't give up. Don't stop. Keep sowing. Keep loving one another. Keep bearing one another's burdens. Keep preaching the gospel. Keep doing good and watch God work. Because he's going to work and he promises that. He says, you will reap what you sow. You may bring comfort to those that are hurting. You may assist those that are in need. 
You may lead a sinner to, to repentance and salvation. We don't know what the harvest will be. But we do know that Paul says, don't stop. Don't give up. And he knows, he tells us not to give up because it is hard. Like doing good, and he says even to the, he says especially to those in the household of faith. <clears throat> I think he knows that sometimes we Christians can be difficult. Don't look at your neighbor. No, but here's the reality. We're all sinners, right? Even within the household of God. We're all sinners. We're all going to make mistakes. And that is why we have to keep bearing one another's burdens. Keep loving one another. Keep pouring into one another. Keep discipling one another and not give up. So together, these three areas of the Christian life, the local church, our personal holiness, and our practical goodness all exhibit the laws of sowing and reaping. First of all, in the local church, the seed is the word of God sown by teachers in the minds and the hearts of the congregation. In the second area, our personal holiness, the seed is our thoughts and our actions sown in the field of the spirit or in the field of the flesh. In the third area, our practical goodness are the good works that we do sown in the lives of other people in our community and within our church. And Paul encourages us not to give up. And in each case, in each one of these cases, although the seed and the soil are different, the sowing is always followed by the reaping. A church who sows God's word, who shares together, who partners together will reap fellowship in the advancement of the gospel. If you sow to your flesh, you will reap corruption, Paul says. But if you sow to your spirit, you will reap eternal life. You will reap communion with God. And as Christians, if we sow good works in our community, we will reap a harvest of lives that have been changed for his kingdom. Paul says that God will not be mocked in any of these areas. That what we sow, we will reap. This law applies to every single area in our lives. There's not a single area in your life where sowing and reaping doesn't apply. You can't ignore it. You can't escape it. You can't resist it. We need to embrace it and cooperate with it if we want to produce in our lives what God desires for us. Whatever you sow, you will reap. Do not give up in doing good, knowing that in time, the harvest will come.